Welcome to episode 24 of Dragonfire Books. Today, um, today's book is Aragon by Christopher Paolini. I came across this book because me and my family, we were browsing from movie night and we ended up choosing this movie by the same name. But we never watched the full movie because, um, we only watched like the first 30 minutes of it because, um, my little brother got scared. So, um, well, somebody got scared. So, I don't want him to feel bad. So, we never ended up watching the full movie. But then, um, my mom got it for me on my Kindle, and then I read it. And I, I actually, it was a while ago, but I only just read it, and it, it was really good. Um, the plot of the book is that a farm boy named Aragon, he finds a mysterious blue stone in the woods that they call the Spine, the mountain range that they call the Spine, um, near his village. It takes place in, like, medieval times, but it's not, like, it's, 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 like, different than Earth. It's, like, a different world. And Aragon takes it to the village, and then he, when he brings it back home, it starts to hatch, and it ends up being a baby dragon, who he eventually names Saphira. Except the dragon was sent, was, um, sent to him accidentally by an elf warrior, um, named Arya, but not long after, she is captured by Galbatorix's army. Galbatorix is, like, a tyrant and also, like, a conqueror. So, and he, um, he had the egg, but before it was stolen by the elves. And he has two other eggs, but the eggs will only hatch once they are near the person. Because they will only hatch for one person. The book is book one in the series The Inheritance Cycle. However, um, I'm only starting the second one. In the um, first one, it's mostly like they're traveling um, because they need to kill the Razak. Because Aragon and um, the village storyteller, Brom, along with his dragon, Saphira, um, need to kill the Razak who like burned down Aragon's home and also killed his uncle. The Razak were under orders by Galvatorix, who wanted to take back possession of the egg, unaware that it had hatched. I don't want to give too much away, but, like, that's the basic plot. It's very complex. Um, so let's go ahead and start with the excerpt. Again, we're doing the beginning of the book. Prologue. Shade off ear. Wind howled through the night, carrying the scent that would change the world. A tall shade lifted his head and lifted his air. He looked human except for his crimson hair and maroon eyes. He blinked in surprise. The message had been correct. They were here. Or was it a trap? He weighed the odds, and then said icily, Spread out. Hide behind the trees and bushes. Stop whoever is coming, or die. Around him shuffled twelve ergles, with short swords and round iron shields painted with black symbols. They resembled men with bowed legs and thick, brutish arms made for crushing. A pair of twisted horns grew above their small ears. The monsters hurried into the brush, grunting as they hid. Soon, the rustling quieted and the forest was, was silent again. The shade peered around a thick tree and looked up the trail. It was too dark for any human to see. But for him, the faint moonlight was like sunshine streaming between trees. Every detail was clear and sharp to his searching gaze. He remained unnaturally quiet, a long pale sword in his hand, a wire-thin scratch carved down the blade. The weapon was thin enough to slip between a pair of ribs, yet stout enough to hack through the hardest armor. The Urgles could not see as well as the shade. They groped like blind beggars, fumbling with their weapons. An owl screeched, cutting through the silence. No one relaxed until the bird flew past. 
Then the monsters shivered in the cold night. One snapped a twig with his heavy boot. The shade hissed in anger, and the Urgles shrank back, motionless. He suppressed his distaste. They smelled like fetid meat and turned away. They were tools, nothing more. The shade forced his impatience back to, as the minutes became hours. The scent must have wafted far ahead of its owners. He did not let the Urgles get up or warm themselves. He denied himself those luxuries, too, and stood behind the tree, watching the trail. Another gust of wind rushed through the forest. The smell was stronger this time. Excited, he lifted a thin lip and a snarl. Get ready, he whispered, his whole body vibrating. The tip of his sword moved in small circles. It had taken many plots and much pain to bring himself to this moment. It would not do to lose control now. Eyes brightened under the Urgle's thick brows, and the creatures gripped their weapons tighter. Ahead of them, the shade heard a clink of something hard struck a loose stone. Faint smudges emerged from the darkness and advanced down the hill. Three white horses with riders cantered towards the ambush. Their heads held high and proud, their coats rippling like moonlight in the moonlit li liquid silver. On the first horse was an elf with pointed ears and elegantly slanted eyebrows. His build was slim but strong, like a rapier. A powerful bow was slung onto his back, a sword pressed against the side, opposite a quiver of arrows fletched with swan feathers. The last rider had the same fair face and angled features as the other. He carried a long spear in his right hand and a white dagger on his belt. A helm of extraordinary craftsmanship, wrought with amber and gold, rested on his head. Between those two rode a raven-haired elven lady, who surveyed her surroundings with poise. Framed by long black locks, her deep eyes shone with driving force. Her clothes were unadorned. At her side was a sword, and on her back was a long bow with a quiver. She carried in her lap a pouch that she frequently looked at, as if to reassure herself that it was still there. One of the elves spoke quietly, but the shade could not hear what was said. The lady answered with obvious authority, and her guards switched places. The one wearing the helm took the lead, shifting his spear to a readier grip. They passed the shade's hiding place and the first few urgles without suspicion. The shade was already savoring his victory when the wind changed direction and swept towards the elves, heavy with the urgles' stench. The horses snorted with alarm and tossed their heads. The riders stiffened, their eyes flashing from side to side, and wheeled their mounts around and galloped away. The lady's horse surged forward, leaving her guards far behind. Forsaking their hiding, the Urgles stood and released the stream of black arrows. The sage jumped out from behind a tree, raised his right hand, and shouted, Gargsla! A red bolt flashed from his palm towards the elven lady, illuminating the, tr the trees with bloody light. It struck her steed, and the horse toppled with a high-pitched squeal, plowing into the ground chest first. She lipped off the animal with inhuman speed, landing lightly, and glanced back for her guards. The Urgles' deadly arrows quickly brought down the two elves. They fell from the noble horses, blood pooling in the dirt. As the Urgles rushed towards the slain elves, the shade screamed, After her! She is the one I want! The monsters grunted and rushed down the trail. A cry tore from the elves' lips as she saw her dead companions. She took a step towards them, then cursed her enemies and bounded into the forest. When the Urgles crashed through the trees, the shade grabbed a piece of granite and jittered above them. From his perch, she could see all of the surrounding forest. He reached in and uttered, Boetk Istalri, and a quarter-mile section of the forest exploded into flames. Grimly, he burned another section after another until there was a ring of fire, a half-league across, around the ambush site. The flames looked like, mul like a molten crown resting on the forest. Satisfied, he watched the ring carefully, in case it should falter. The band of fire thickened, contracting. The area of the Urgles had, had to search. Suddenly, the shade heard shouts and a coarse scream. Through the trees, he saw three of his charges fall into a pile, mortally wounded. He got a sight of the elf running from the remaining Urgles. 
She fled towards the craggy piece of granite at a, at a tremendous speed. The train examined the ground twenty feet below, then jumped and landed nimbly in front of her. She skittered around and sped back to the trail. Black Urgle blood dripped from her sword, staining the pouch in her hand. The horned monsters came out of out of the forest and hemmed her in, blocking the only escape routes. Her head whipped around as she tried as she tried to find a way out. Seeing none, she drew herself up with regal disdain. The shade approached her with a raised hand, allowing himself to enjoy her helplessness. Get her. As the Urgles surged forward, the elf pulled open the pouch, reached into it, and let let it drop to the ground. In her hands was a large sapphire stone that reflected the angry light of the fires. She raised it over her head, lips forming frantic words. Desperate, the shades barked, Gargsla! A ball of red flame sprang from his hand and flew towards the elf, fast as an arrow. But he was too late. A flash of emerald light briefly illuminated the forest, and the stone vanished. Then the red fire smote her, and she collapsed. The shade howled and raged and stalked forward, flinging his sword at a tree. It passed halfway through the trunk, where it stopped quivering. He shut nine bolts of energy from his palm, which killed the Urgles instantly, then ripped his sword free and strode to the elf. Prophecies of revenge, spoken in wretched language only he knew, rolled from his tongue. He clenched his thin hands and glared at the sky. The cold stars stared back, unwinking, otherworldly watchers. Disgust curls from his lip before he turned back to the unconscious elf. He confirmed that the stone was gone, then retrieved his horse from its hiding place among the trees. After tying the elf onto the saddle, he mounted the charger and made his way out of the woods. He quenched the fires in his path, but left the rest to burn. Later in the story, it becomes more clear who the shade is. His name is Darza, I'm pretty sure. And the elf is the uh, carrier of, of the egg, the one I mentioned earlier, Arya. This book is a little different from what I um from some other books that I've reviewed in my podcast. It's less modern, definitely. There are other books that I've read in this style of writing, like um The Neverending Story and The Girl Who Drank the Moon. Um I didn't do a podcast on the Neverending Story, but I do strongly recommend the book. It's uber long, but um in my opinion it was a really good book. It was a really good book. And I read it after I watched the movie. There's definitely less comedy and more violence. It's much more complicated in terms of the plot. Yeah, it's kind of hard to remember the names of everything. (laughs) I would recommend this for someone who's looking for a more, um, like, a more classic style of writing and with a more complex storyline. It's a slower pace, but it was still really fun to read, and I'm looking forward to finishing the series. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dragonfire Books. You can find the books on Amazon, your local library, or your local independent bookstore. Peace and happy reading!